Our sermon text for today comes from the book of 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians, the ninth chapter, verses 16 through 23. <clears throat> Yet when I preach the gospel, I cannot boast, for I am compelled to preach. Woe to me if I do not preach the gospel. If I preach voluntarily, I have a reward. If not voluntarily, I am simply discharging the trust committed to me. What then is my reward? Just this, that in preaching the gospel I may offer it free of charge, and so not make use of my rights in preaching it. Though I am free and belong to no man, I make myself a slave to everyone, to win as many as possible. To the Jews I became like a Jew, to win the Jews. To those under the law I became like one under the law, though I myself am not under the law, so as to win those under the law. To those not having the law, I became like one not having the law, though I am not free from God's law, but am under Christ's law. So as to win those not having the law. To the weak, I became weak to win the weak. I have become all things to all men, so that by all possible means I might save some. I do all this for the sake of the gospel that I may share it, share in its blessings. This is the word of God for the people of God. This can be a very difficult passage because I think you have to understand what it's saying. First of all, Paul talks about his calling to ministry, his calling to preach. Now, I've said many times that I don't like speaking in public. Speaking in public scares me. I've spoke on the floor of annual conference a number of times, and looking out at that 1,500 to 2,000 people scares me to death. I have to have a podium, something to hang on to, because I think I'd fall down if I didn't have it. I don't like speaking in public. But one of the things that I truly love to do is to preach. And that's what Paul is talking about. It's a calling. It's a desire that God gives you to proclaim the message of Jesus Christ. And you can't do anything but proclaim it if you're going to be true to yourself. Now, that doesn't make me better or greater or more important than anybody else. But it reminds me on a daily basis what my calling is, what God has placed me here for, and that is to proclaim the message of Jesus Christ. My job is to, I think of it, not as being the shepherd. Jesus Christ is the good shepherd. I'm just the sheepdog. My job is to nip at you until you get going in the right direction. So if I'm doing that, then I'm doing my job correctly. But what it says here is for us as the church, the next part, 
that Paul brings in is something that I think is vitally important for the church and for us to understand correctly. Paul says to the Jews, I am like a Jew. To those who are under the law, I am like one under the law. To those who have no law, I am like one who is, does not have the law. Basically, what Paul says here, and he sums it up by saying that I try to be all things to all people that I might save them or bring them to salvation, to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Now, we need to understand what that says. It doesn't say that the church is supposed to be everything to everyone. First of all, the church is to be the church of Jesus Christ, which bases itself on this book, God's Word. We are to follow this. But we are also to be open to how other people hear us. As Paul says, the Jews hear a certain way. They have 3,000 years, now they have 4,000 years, 5,000 years of understanding God. And if we're going to speak to them, we have to speak to them in a way that they understand in their history with God. To those who are under the law, who feel that they need to do certain things, we need to speak to them in a way that they understand, to understand that you can't earn God's salvation, that it's a free gift. And to those who have no law, have no understanding, have no background in God, we need to speak a different way. Now let me give you an illustration. A number of years ago, I worked in a drug and alcohol rehab, an inpatient drug and alcohol rehab. And I think I've told this story before, but you won't remember it. <laughs> and one of the guys who was there, I remember him, his name was Jason. He was about this big. And got to know him as he was there. He was there for a few months. And we kind of defended the, or I wouldn't say it was a friendship, but we got to know each other, developed that, and, and he would tell me things. Like one day he said, he said, Pastor, he said, there's no three men on earth together that I'm afraid of. He said, I would fight any three men at any time and think nothing of it. And he said, and I'd probably kill all three of them. He was very truthful with me. He was about that big, and he was about 300 pounds. And as we talked later, he told me that he had been in a fight with three men and had killed all three of them. And he was kind of a scary guy. Nobody bothered him. <laughs> and the rehab was a block and a half from the church I was serving at the time. And I would go up Sunday morning, and I would get the guys, and I would walk them down to the church, you know, like Mother Duck and her ducklings. <laughs> and they'd follow me down to the church. And the one day we were crossing the main street, and Jason looks at me and says, Pastor, you're my dog. And I went, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? I, didn't, I said, oh, okay. And he went on ahead of me just as happy as could be. 
One of the other guys came up to me as we're walking down the street, and he said, what he means, Pastor, is he really likes you. You're his best friend. Because a dog is your best friend. And I thought, whew, good. <laughs> I hope he didn't kick his dog or something. But that's when I learned that if you're going to speak to somebody who speaks a different language, Jason grew up on the streets of the Bronx. He was into hip-hop music, and he had a language all his own. It took me a while to learn it. Never really did speak it because I'm not comfortable with all of that kind of slang language and stuff. But I learned to understand it and learned to, to talk to him in ways that he would understand. And we, he went away doing very well. I never did hear how he managed, if he managed to stay off of drugs. But he went away in a good place in his relationship with God. And that's when I came to understand if we as the church are going to speak to people in our world, we need to speak to them in a way in which they understand. And that's why I allow this camera to be on. I don't want my picture out there. I don't want people looking at me. They say that the camera makes you look 10 years older. Oh, really what I need. I guess I can retire right now then. But the point is, if we as the churches of this area are going to speak to the people around us, we need to learn how to do it. Each generation that comes along talks a little bit differently. Like, you know, like, you know, anybody want to talk to that group that, that likes everything like this and like that? It drives me crazy, but it's the way they talk. Nowadays, you have to be able to tip text 50,000 words a second, 50,000 letters a second or something. But that's what we need to look at. How are we going to reach out to the people around us? How are we going to reach out to this community, to these people? How are we going to let them know that the love of Jesus Christ is there to remove their sin? to make it completely gone. Only Jesus can do that. We need to be aware that we speak God's message. We don't change the message. Never change the message. But we can change the way we present it. Change the way that people hear it by going online, by recording it, by any number of ways. For a long time, the church thought that if we unlock our front door and we let people know that we're having church, that's all we need to do. That's our job. It's not our job. Our job is to go into all the world and proclaim the gospel. It's our obligation. It's what we are called to do. We should feel like something is wrong 
if we're not touching the people of our community. And we touch them in many ways. Through our backpack program, through our missions program, through what we heard about today in touching the reservation. And I've been on that reservation. You will not find a poorer reservation in the entire country. You will not find a poorer group of people. And now they've been hit extremely hard. All of the reservations in the Dakotas have been hit extremely hard by COVID. We're reaching out. We're caring for people. We're sharing the love of Jesus Christ. We need to meet people where they are. We need to speak their language so that they hear. Not everybody talks like us. I should say not everybody talks like you. Because I didn't grow up talking Pennsylvanian. <laughs> I had to learn it. I had to learn what it meant when somebody said, is it all? <laughs> I still have this urge to say, is it all what? <laughs> and I've learned how to out in the lights before I go to bed. <laughs> and I've learned a lot about Ewan's. <laughs> I have to remember that when I talk to a group that I don't say you guys, because that's what I grew up with. Everybody was you guys. That was had no gender involved in it at all. Just like Ewan's has no gender. <laughs> if we're going to speak to the people of our community, we've got to speak in a way that they hear. We've got to speak in a way that makes them understand that only in the blood of Jesus Christ will they find forgiveness. Will they find true joy? Will they find God? Let us reach out to our community. Let them hear that we are God's people and we want them to know God. Amen.